Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. It's so easy for us as parents to teach our kids a list of do's and don'ts, and it takes so much more time and energy to teach them principles and wisdom and how to apply those to life. And today, we're going to discuss some common shortcuts that parents make when we're teaching our kids, and we'll also have some principles you can teach your children that will help them throughout their lives. I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And uh, we'll hear from Danny in a moment or two. First, we're going to hear a bit of a conversation Jim Daly and I had with authors Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson, uh, who talked about why you shouldn't tell your kids to do your best. In the book, you have a section where you talk to parents about uh, being careful with what they say. Now, every parent just went, ouch, because often we as parents will say things that are right out in the open very quick, and then you regret saying it. Mm-hmm. And so there's grace for that situation. But to help us think differently, uh, you mentioned a few of these phrases that we as parents commonly use. One was just do your best. And you speak to the damage that that causes. To me, that sounds like a very positive, just try your hardest, you know, do your best, put your talents. Why is that not a smart thing to say as a parent? Just do your best is an okay thing to say to an athlete at halftime. Because do your best. We can all do our best for a couple hours. And we know what that means. Yeah. Catch the ball, throw the ball, yeah. block the guy. If you have a child that's going into a big unit test at school, do your best on the test. But we can't do our best for life. So the only two options left for us are to lie to ourselves that we did our best when we didn't or to feel like a failure because we didn't do our best. So it's an unhelpful thing to say to our kids. What's better? What do we say that's more constructive? A far more better thing to say is exactly what you want your child to do. If you have a child that's taking basketball serious, instead of do your best, you say, I want you to shoot a hundred threes today in the backyard, or I want you to do two math assignments, or I want you to clean your room. Do your best is a riddle is really what it is. For the child. They can't figure out what you mean. Yeah, and it is for us, too, because we think that we're guiding our child when we're actually steering them off the road. Is it because there are too many vague aspects to do your best? Yes. Yes. Doing your best means that I've done everything possible every waking hour of the day to have the right outcome, which means if I ate junk food or watched TV, I didn't do my best. Okay, so over the weekend, uh, recently, please vacuum the floor. Well, I did my best, and it was a pretty bad job, frankly. (laughs) So should I say, well, that was your best, but not my best? Go do it again? Well, in that case, I I would think that that's been part of the family's vocabulary. Because a kid wouldn't normally say that unless there was a payoff for that. You're you're getting a little close. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you opened the door. We're carrying this all the way through. Get it to yourself. So I would, you know vacuuming or or mowing the lawn, I think it'd be great to say, I want you to mow the lawn today, and I want you to give it the proper amount of time that it deserves, Hmm. instead of doing your best. We, you know, everybody that returns an email knows the point of diminishing returns. You're not going to spend an hour on an email when it should take five minutes, and kids need to learn this, and that's a more important thing for them to learn than doing their best. So, um, I had the lawn mowing thing this weekend as well, so I'm really curious. What do you say then? 
I mean, the job isn't done well. I think you come back and be very precise about your expectations. Okay. But you need to buffer that with the age of the child and kind of what would be typical expectations. So my nine-year-old, who I'm asking to start um, vacuuming the basement once a week, if they do a B-minus job, I'm okay with that. I think a 15-year-old should probably be doing a B-plus job. And so I think if they're not doing the kind of job you want them to do, then I think you need to be very precise about what your expectations are. John, I think it conveys a reasonableness to the kid to say, given the fact that we're not having any company this week and you're going to mow it again on Saturday, it wasn't a great job, but it's good enough for this. But that would not match the standard that we need if we're having people over. And whenever we talk like that, our kids are thinking, wow, I have a reasonable parent that knows the difference between different situations or and it helps them minimize resentment. I want to add a little bit to the law of diminishing returns, which Mike and I feel is such an important parenting thing to teach your kids to do not their best, but to do what is needed to do the job very well and according to their abilities um, and to teach them how to do that. You know, if you study... 18 hours for a final and you get an A minus and you study four hours for a final and get a B plus and you're not so anxious about everything and you've got a life on in balance, that's what parents need to tell their kids and teach them. Well, so Danny, in, in those examples that Michael and Timothy shared, they're really helping us teach our kids to exercise ownership, if you will, and make wise decisions in life. Those kinds of things, though, that takes time, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I do love what what Timothy and Michael said regarding balance. Uh, If you say work your hardest, it may develop a workaholic. If you have a a perfectionistic kid, they may learn, I'm just, I'm doing my best. I'm working really hard. It's really about giving the best to get the job done. And when, when other things get mixed into that, like affirmation, acceptance, or I need to be perfect, that's when it gets unhealthy. And so teaching our kids to observe that and have wisdom as they're, as they're working. That work is about loving other people. It's not about self-love. And so that could be when you're doing your chores, when mm. you're doing schoolwork, when you're doing sports. It's about engaging in something that you can have fun with, having balance, and yet growing. That takes so much energy and time. Like you said at the beginning, John, it's, it takes a lot of energy. It's tough to... Take time for those little teaching nuggets, teaching moments Mm -hmm. that we need to have with our kids. And if you miss a few, again, you're trying your best. You don't need to be perfect as a parent. Just find those moments and step in. Okay, so uh, I tended to be kind of rules-oriented. We had a growing gaggle of kids. I mean, we had six children, so it's manage the chaos. And the rules are pretty easy, right? Follow the rules and life goes well. Oh, that'd be beautiful. How do I slow down? with that kind of wiring, and, and speak to my younger self, because I've learned it, and they've all moved out now, so yeah. how do I slow down in the midst of all that chaos, and it's like, I'm not sure I have time to take advantage of the teachable moment. Well, many times, rules are about control. I want to have control. I feel much more uh, at, at peace when I have control over things. Parenting's not about control. No. It's about teaching and guiding and molding and that could include many rules and guidelines. And for each child, they may need a unique rule or variance of the rule. And so if you get stuck on a rule, you miss out 
on the shaping hmm. of a child with their unique personality. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it's tough. Many times the rules are about it's inconvenient to not have control yeah. rather than rules are there to guide my children towards something very important in their life. And that takes time and focus. And this well. is where principles are better. They take yes. more time to build. But yeah. I remember my, uh, my oldest went to college, and the first day on campus, the president said, we are trying to reduce our student handbook to just a couple of pages mm. because we don't want more and more rules. We want you to be self-governing. Yes. And we want you to make good decisions and to learn life lessons while you're here. And we don't want you to have to jump through, you know, 47 pages of rules. It, it'd be nice if it was just two. Yes. That's what yeah. we should be aiming for as parents. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're highly recommending the book that uh, we talked about with Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson, Just the Essence of Raising Life-Ready Kids, which, as you heard, offers some really sound advice to prepare your kids for adulthood. We're making that available today as our thank you gift when you send a generous donation to Focus on the Family. Donate today. Ask for that book. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by the episode notes. And if you're a newer listener, let me encourage you to check out the resources on our website. Uh, a good place to start would be the series of articles that Danny and his team have written called The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. And we'll link over to that in the episode notes. Next time, more from Michael and Timothy as they share pretty wise perspectives about the pressure that kids feel to be exceptional. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm-hmm.